Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's broadcast of Calvary Live, originating from the studios here at Grace FM in Colorado, Aurora, Colorado. And this is the show where we take your calls and your questions and answer them with Bibles open of what does the Lord have for us and what do we want what does he want us to learn how does he want us to grow in his grace and knowledge and the way that you the way the show works is you call me 303-690-3000 303-690-3000 call me or text me we have a dedicated texting line 720-336 0897 uh, and you can text me directly um, those tones were given to you by the uh, old Microsoft uh, program that I have running on my Mac. It is a Bible program that I have used since the, the early 90s, and I'm just so used to it, uh, and I'm used to its search function and, and getting around that I still use it. So that's the only reason I have, my, uh, I have a virtual machine running on my Mac, and I'm sorry I didn't have that muted, uh, and so... The, the sound played over the air. Sorry about that. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary in Aurora, and I uh, would love for you to give me a call. 303-690-3000. Lines are already filling up. Michael in Denver, welcome to the program. Hey, Michael, you're on the air. Okay, so my, my question is, is, like, God loves us, and, you know, he, he says that um, we have to love him. You know, and at the same time, we have free will. But how is it really free will? Because if you choose not to love and follow God, then there's a serious consequence for that, and that's uh, you're going to go to the lake of fire for all eternity, and, and then and you're making that choice. Uh-huh. But, like, how is that really free will? Because, I mean, how can you, like, not love God and still get to heaven? You can't, right? So it's like, how is that even fair, you know, to, you know, just cast someone in the lake of fire? Because... They won't love you. Well, let's talk about that for a second. So in your mind, it's not fair for God to give you two choices and for you to choose one. Do you think that there should be a third? Well, I look at it this way. I, I have kids, and I love my kids. Yeah. And, you know, no matter what my son chooses, I'm always going to love him. Yes. And so let, let's say um, my son did something, and most people would like, oh, I'm, I disown you. Well, I'm not going to disown you. I'm still going to love you. Sure. Um and I'm not going to cast you out of my house. You're always welcome into my house. Really? Um, Are you sure that yeah. he's always welcome in your yeah. house? So yeah, he pulls I mean, a knife. If, he pulls if, a knife on your wife. Horrendous. I would still welcome him into my house. So he pulls a knife on your wife, and you're you're okay with that? He brings a well, gun into I mean, the house and shoots holes through your through your house. Is he, are you? I mean, you can't just say that blanketly. You know that there are lines that that would be crossed where someone wouldn't be welcome in your home, including your own son. I don't know. I love my son with all my heart. You'd so still I, love I could him. Never, like, You'd still love that. him, but 
But what, who would you love? You, you would still love your son if he did really bad things. I would too. I have a son and a daughter and a son in heaven. I would still love them if they did really bad things. But to live in my house requires relationship. And up to a point, sure. you know, I'm not require. I I wouldn't require so much, but there are certainly lines that they would cross where they couldn't enjoy uh, the benefit of being in my house. Okay, so say he did pull a a, a knife on on my wife, and okay, now you need to leave my home because now you've crossed the line. But if he came and said, "Dad, would you forgive me for that?" and I said, "Sure," but that doesn't mean that you know he necessarily has to. Loves me in return. Well, he don't have don't to you love think me. he can hate me if he wants to? Yeah, he but don't you think him coming life. back and asking you for your forgiveness, if it was genuine and not fake, is an act of loving you? I say, I'm sorry, you cut out there. I I would don't are, don't you think that if you're in, in this scenario, and I know I'm painting a very um, exaggerated example, but we we all get it uh, and understand it. If your son, uh, if a person's son pulled a knife on on their mother. And because of that, had to leave the home, but then later on changed their mind uh, of how they acted. They came back. They asked their dad for forgiveness. Don't you think asking their dad for forgiveness is an act of loving their dad? Don't you think that's love expressed to you? I I would think that if it was real and genuine, that out of love he's asking you for forgiveness. Asking for my forgiveness because. He doesn't want to sleep on the streets. Kind then of it's like, not real. Would you wouldn't like, accept well, it. Well, I'm asking God for forgiveness because I know that you I wouldn't have accept to ask it. for your forgiveness. So I have a eternal home, and I'm not going to be homeless, the lake of fire. You know what I mean? I do, like, but Michael, I we got to. This is a great question, but you have to be. You have to be honest. You you have to in order for you to get to the answer you're looking for. You have to be honest, and you're not being completely honest here. If your son came back and asked for forgiveness, but didn't really mean it, you wouldn't let him back in your house. There's just no way. You would not let him back in your house because he's not genuine. He's not real. That means he's going to pull a knife out again or do something really dumb. The only way you'd let him back in your house is for him to express some kind of contrition and some kind of care and concern for you and your wife. That's the only way you would let him back in. You wouldn't let him sure. back in, so he would. You wouldn't let him just say, "Oh, I'm sorry, Dad. Uh, I don't want to live on the streets." Oh, come on back in, son. No way. You would right. be looking for, and so there. I propose to you when we take that scenario and we bring it to to a righteous and a holy God that that we have already committed the worst act that's possible. We have sinned against a holy and a righteous God, and by right. our failure in sin, we have been placed and really it's it's we've been placed at a uh, at, at odds with the god of all creation that was not his desire original originally and as we were as we were placed at odds with god it our our eyes are open to our need of god and we only have two choices and it's our choice it's not god says it's not my choice it's your choice and here are the two and I, I, th- I don't know. I, it seems like he just gets to control our every move and thought for all eternity. You know what I mean? Well, but like, think about that for a second. Are you are you saying with that with that statement, he gets to control our every thought uh, and and deed, you know, in action throughout all eternity? Are you saying that you made this call to the radio station against your will? No, so I that's, did he, this on my own free will. Because right, I was so curious. I believe in God. I love God right? with all my heart. But you know, I'm, I'm only I'm, saying that I'm for saved. this. I just curious about it but he's not yeah he's not controlling your every thought 
and he's not controlling your every deed, you, you're making these choices free will. And so when it comes to loving God and all that he's presented to us, I mean, it, I would say it's, I would say it this, put it this way, or at least in a different way. A person has to go out of their way to not love God. They have to go out of their way. They have to, they, they have to take great uh, dramatic steps in order not to express a love for God. Because, I mean, who would not love a faithful, holy creator who gave us life, gave us breath, gave us creation, uh, gave us so many other things that we can measure? On top of that, he gave the best of the best, his only begotten son, who died a sinless death. So here we are talking about our sinful decisions when we think of the decision that a sinless man, God in human flesh, made for you and me, that he not only endured the beating before the cross, but he hung on a Roman cross. He died the death of a horrific criminal as an innocent man in order to place us in a position where we could receive the forgiveness of our sins. And it's a powerful thing to consider all that God has done for us, and then our response is still, I think you're controlling me, and you don't, we don't really have any choice, when in reality, God's made everything available for you and for me to not only express our love, but to enjoy his love. Well, yeah, there's choice. I understand there's choice. There's choice one, you can choose to, to accept that I did all this for you, or you can choose to... To deny me, and if you choose to deny me, you're like going into the lake of fire, like the eternal punishment. Like that just doesn't seem fair for some reason. I I don't know. Well, I I understand. I I do understand a little bit of what you're saying in the sense of in our in our human understanding, seeing eternal punishment uh, is hard to comprehend. So I can appreciate that in your life, where where well, you're expressing it, it doesn't seem fair. Um, but what what when the focus is on man, things seem unfair. But when the focus is on God, the Creator, who has done everything um, on our behalf, I mean, it's more than fair because that's what we deserve immediately. We don't even deserve the choice, and God gives us the choice. We don't even we don't even deserve our, because of our actions. Um, because of our actions, we were placed immediately at odds with God. Uh, and so, but how is it even fair? He could have ended this a long time ago, and and just recreated us to, you know, like he did the angels. You know, well, he, he didn't recreate he didn't, the angels. Angels aren't recreated. They they have that no. they they were created once, uh, and they were given. It appears from the scriptures they were given one chance, and they, more chances than you and I have been given. Uh, or excuse me, less chances than you and I have been given. We've been given multiple chances until our, until our last breath. And so the question, isn't, the question doesn't really need to be phrased in this way. Why is it fair that Jesus Christ dies on your, on, on your behalf or, or anyone's behalf and they still deny him? Why is that fair? How, how are we supposed to even know that this guy was even there? I mean, that he was, you know actually God, and like, versus like, the angels knew because they were created, and bam, there was God, and they were in heaven, like, we were created, and there's, we were created and born, and, and it's all on blindness and stuff that we don't see, and, uh, is that really my mind talking to me, or is that God, you know? What's the better, here's a better question, why is it fair that you're even alive? Why do you deserve life? 
What did you do to uh, earn life from God? What did you do to earn even the life that you're living today? What did you deserve to, to you and I in the time that we've talked now for about 10 minutes, all the breaths that we've been given and all the heartbeats we've been given, the, the, as you start to drill down the, the question of fairness, we have been given, we have been given uh, the benefit, not God. But, but how is that? I mean, it wasn't my choice to be born into, you know, captivity, you know? It's like, I would have, I would if I had a choice of me being created, I would have chosen for me to be created, you know, sin, sinless already, you know? But, you know, he could have finished this a long time ago. And no, then no, he couldn't have finished this a long time ago. Could have been sinless, well, you know? even if you were born sinless, you still would have sinned. Why is that? The angels aren't sinning in heaven right now. Uh, well, because you're you're a human being, um, and so the angels, uh, you don't compare yourself with the angels. You compare yourself with God revealed in human beings. And Adam and Eve, they lived in a pristine, perfect environment sinlessly, and they sinned. And so although you were born into sin, and so was I, you also participated in sin, and so you're double guilty. So why should you live? That's what's unfair. It was my choice to sin for the very first time, or any of that. So I was you, falling. You, absolutely, it was your choice to sin. God didn't make you sin. Of course, it was your choice to sin. Whose fault is it when sin? Whose fault is it when when you sin? Uh, it's your fault. It's not my so, fault. The first time I lied when I was four years old, that's my fault. Yeah, of I course. You probably lied before wrong. that. That's probably the first one you remembered. Of course it's your fault. Whose fault would it be? I guess God's for creating <laughs> sin in the first place. No, he didn't create sin. He created sin. everything. No, he didn't know? create sin. Well, if he created Lucifer, then he created sin. Yeah, Lucifer was created as a perfect Lucifer. angel. Lucifer was a perfect angel before his rebellion and pride. And he and God allowed that to go into his heart. God could have stopped it in its tracks right then and there. He could have, and that's the whole essence of your question. So I'm glad, you know, as you pick up on some of the things, there's a lot of things that God could have, but in order to have a love relationship, he needed to give free will. Well, Otherwise, he, forced he love, love is not love. With the, the angels, he gave them free will. And, and, and two-thirds of the angels... Uh, decide yeah. to follow God, and a third decide to follow the devil. It's their free will choice. In, yeah, mi- in yeah. many of your answers, you're making my point. <laughs> All right. I, just, I don't know. Can I ask you a question? That Now set this, this discussion aside. Sure. Is there, um, is there like a, a deep, painful issue in your life that you're dealing with right now? Is it... Is these are these questions coming from a point of not understanding some serious pain that you've recently experienced? Is it more than just a mental exercise for you? It, it's more. It's kind of a mental exercise. I I mean I love God. Yeah, there's pain in my life. There's pain in my life every day. That's just life, you know. Um, I suffered a huge loss uh, when I was five years old. My my father died. You know, and my father, uh, I love him, you know, so much. And he, uh, you know, I, I don't think he was ever right with God. And I don't yeah. think he followed God. And he chose to do drugs and stuff. So I'm pretty sure that my dad's going to have an uh, eternal life in the lake of fire, you know. And, yeah, I don't get to have a father. You know, I get God, and I don't get Jesus, but 
Like, I'm not going to get to know who my dad is for all eternity. And granted, that was my dad's choice, but, like, that, that angers me, you yeah. know, and that hurts. Have you, um, have you ever gone... Like, can I pray every day? Hey, God, please don't let my dad go to hell. You know, he works outside of time, so he could be working on my dad right now as my dad's 10 years old, you know? Because God works, he can hear my prayers now. He knows my prayers before I pray him, so... You know, he's outside of time. Well, it's better you know, to believe, it's better, um, what you just described with your dad isn't true. The Bible says it's appointed once for a man to die and then the judgment. And so it's better It's better to rely upon the faithfulness of God and the truthfulness of God when it comes to your dad. Because we don't know, even at five years old, we don't know the true condition of his heart when he died. We don't know where he was. We don't know what kind of, what, what kind of condition he was under the drug abuse and so it's better, it's better to look at it this way, um, the biblical way, and that is your dad faced a holy and a righteous judge, and your dad received what was, what was due him from the decisions that he made. But we don't know all the decisions that he made, and so we can just trust that God is going to be fair with him, and that when you're in the presence of God, you will agree with the justice and the fairness of God. Um, and, and God's not working on your dad now. Your dad has, has faced... Um, he, he, is, he has faced what uh, eternity will look like for him. Well, sure, because now in the present, he's in my life, he's passed away. But I feel like if I can pray now, you know, because God already knew me before I existed, before he even laid the foundations of the earth, he knew I was going to have this conversation with you at this very moment. So he knows that if I pray right now, that I'm praying for my dad as my dad is 10 years old. So he could be working on my dad because he knows what's in my heart. Yeah, that's not possible. That's not a biblical view. I don't want you to have a false hope. I want you to trust in the one true living God. Um, he created it. Yeah, he, he didn't create the what you just described. Your dad's not 10 years old anymore. Let me ask no, you this. Not. Let me ask you this. Have you, have you ever gone through any type of um, help for your grief? No. Would you be open to that? Uh, not really. Well, I, I want you to, I want you to pray about that. I want you, would you please add that to your prayers? Because I think that, that I can hear in your voice and some of the way that, you know, that the dialogue that we just had is, and, and even the pain you describe with your dad, that, that God wants to, he's the God of all comfort. And, you know, this kind of trauma, especially as you face it at five years old and, and all these progressive years in your life, it has a way of, of really damaging our, our thinking and damaging our emotions. And the Bible says that God is the God of all comfort and that God is the one that can heal and God can has, has a tremendous power to bring healing into your life. And, and you know, like in our sure. church, and there's a lot of churches around town that hold something called grief share classes. And I know that they would be very beneficial to you in this stage of your life. Well, I mean, I've I've prayed on this just about every day of my life. I've I've taken it to God, you know, all the time. I, you know, take it, take okay. the hurt from me, and you know, comfort me and everything else. It's still there. I don't know when He's going to heal it. Okay. I've tried to allow Him. I've tried to just release it from me. But hello, my dad is gone. You know, and I don't know how to just let that go. You know that he's dead and that I didn't get a. Yeah. You know, I'm, I didn't. I would never. I, I would know. never encourage you to let it go or move on. That's not what. But to work through the 
the grief that you're feeling, to give some definitions and some context to the pain and the anger and all the emotions that you have, that is something that, that can happen on this side of eternity. I'm just asking you to add that piece. If you're in your daily prayers as you're praying every day, just add that complete piece and say, God, do you want me to go to grief share classes? And I'm pretty confident that God's answer would be yes to you. Okay, Michael, I got to go, my friend. Can I pray for you? All right, sure. God, I do pray for my friend Michael here and um, just all that's surrounding his life and all this, this discussion, Lord, that it would be beneficial. It'd be beneficial for him and for those listening as they wrestle with the realities of life and the pain of life. And I pray for Michael in the depth of his pain and the loss of his dad and, and just all these years, year after year, um, and even day after day praying and still kind of being in the same place or sometimes even worse. God, I pray that you would, I pray that, that you would be experienced by my friend Michael as the God of all comfort and that he'd receive in a very real way the comfort that you have to give to him and the healing of this very traumatic event in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Amen. bro. Thank thanks you. for calling, man. Bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Dawn in Aurora, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. I wanted to say that uh, I certainly appreciate the way you ministered to him, and I and I think a lot of people, I was not aware of the uh, the grief classes, but I think that's a tremendous idea, and I, I would like to request prayer for my brother Carlos. He's not a believer, and about <clears throat> about 10 years ago, 10 or 11 years ago, his son was murdered, mm. and, uh, you know, I, I, I thought maybe that that would change his heart or soften his heart toward God, uh, but... Um, I mean, I think his heart is a little softer, but he's still kind of uh, sarcastic when it comes to uh, uh, Christian beliefs and, and so forth and so on. But um, I, I still believe that God can touch him. Um, I also wanted, to, um, also wanted to mention that somebody called in the other day and the call was dropped, but they were going to talk about uh, numerology in the Bible. And... Uh, you know, Jesus was in the desert for 40 days, and um, the Israelites were in the desert for 40 years, and so forth and so on. And I, I just wanted to say, I, I think it's very dangerous to get too caught up in numerology in the Bible and to make it a priority in our lives and in our schedules and so forth. And Yeah, I agree. I you, think, you know, what do you like, think about that? Like anything, uh, things can go overboard, that's for sure. But there are certainly patterns in the Scripture with numbers being used. Yeah. Uh, and and so, you know, like 40 is the number of judgment, um, and you see that happen over and over again. But to, we can always take things to super-duper extremes, and, yeah. and we want to be very, very careful with the extremes. Yeah, after a while, if, if we get too in, uh, entrenched in it, it becomes superstition. Yes. And yes. Uh, I've been listening to you for a lot of years, and I really appreciate your ministry, and uh, I appreciate the fact that Grace, Grace FM is on the air. I listen to it almost every day when I'm driving uh, to and from work. And uh, so if you could uh, if you could pray for my brother Carlos. Yeah, let's do that. That, that would be great. Father, we do pray for Carlos and the, the pain of his uh, loss, Lord. And, you know, just, 
just knowing how difficult um, it is to experience loss and how difficult it is to experience loss in a in a violent, traumatic uh, crime, uh, you know, way of crime, God. And, and, and we know that trials can, they can either uh, cause us to bend our knees or bow our, or stiffen our knees or bow our knees, Lord. And they, they have a tendency, Lord, to uh, challenge us and test us. And not everybody passed the test right away. And so we pray for Carlos, Lord. We pray for his eternal soul. And we pray, God, that you would uh, comfort him in his loss because it's probably hard for him to see anything right now and to sort it all out. And it's just easier to be angry and easier to be upset. Um, And so help him, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Ed. Hey, and by the way, um, here at Calvary, we have grief share classes just starting up. And I got the text here. It says, our next sessions in grief share start June 2nd and June 5th. Okay. And the web, the website for GriefShare, because it's an international ministry, it's called GriefShare.org. Uh-huh. Good stuff. Good tool to hand, to give to someone, too. You know that guy that you were just talking to? He said his, his dad died when he was pretty young. Yes. Uh, my biological father passed away when I was about six. Mm. And... And, you know, my mom remarried, and I had a stepfather and so forth. But, you know, the the most important thing is that we come to realize how much our Heavenly Father loves us. Yes. Thank you so much. You're welcome. God bless you. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. We're coming up on, uh, well, let's see. We'll try to take Victor before we head on. Victor, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. What's going on, man? I just had a question about a you know praying for for financial relief. I, I know that we're not supposed to be you know people of worldly things, and that's probably the most common prayer that that God gets uh, is people trying to get out of financial burdens. But I just want to know is is it wrong to pray for relief from that? Um, you know, not trying to pray for riches or anything, but just. Just the ability to find stability um, with finances. Is there a proper way to do that? Or I'm just well, kind of at a loss there. I think that um, I, I I think there's a passage of scripture that um, is very uh, encouraging to me when it comes to this, and that's in the book of Philippians, chapter four, verse nineteen, where it says, "And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus." And, and that's a great way to pray, Lord, would you supply my needs? And w- would you give, as Jesus taught us, give us this day our daily bread. And God, would you give me what I need uh, so that I can serve you without concern, so I can serve you and, and hold God to his word, that he will provide all that we need, that he's never seen the righteous begging bread. And you know, if you have got in over your head, you know, especially those listening in, if you got into some frivolous spending or, um, you know, the, the being in over your head is because of, of your own mistake, then, then you just confess that sin and ask God to show mercy. But if it's just the daily concerns of life and how hard it is with rents going up and, and wages not going up as fast and all of those things, then yeah, you can pray, God, would you supply all my needs? Um, I trust you for the needs of my life. And, and would you relieve this burden and this difficulty? Um, you know, I think it's okay to pray that way. 
Now, that's huge, especially what you just said in the beginning of that, of, of it, you know, kind of clouding our minds, because um, that, that, that's just something that tends to just take me down a notch. Um, yes. Almost every free minute I have is is on that, and that, that really triggered something there. So, um, yeah, thank you for that. Really no, it. it's a great question. Thanks for calling. All right, thank you, Pastor. All right, bye-bye. All right, we're coming up on the first and only break of the show. My name is Ed Taylor. I've got a couple open lines. I know we took a few more minutes in the first caller, but the Lord used it uh, together as we can pray for those around us that are grieving, even grieving for years and years and years. And, you know, grieving can actually skew your view of the scriptures, and you don't see them as clear anymore. And you need the Lord to come with comfort. We'll be right back. My name is Ed Taylor. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm pastor here at Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. Taking your calls and your questions. Uh, The number to dial is 303-690-3000. And you can text me, 720-336-0897. Uh, those are the numbers to dial, to text. We have Bible study tonight. Got an up- update from our short-term mission ch- team that went to Thailand. Uh, we would love to have you join us tonight. We're studying in, we're studying in the book of 2 Kings. Uh, and in our Wednesday night, uh, in a church uh, that is a little bit larger, uh, we're always looking for those ways to uh, foster community uh, and encourage one another in the Lord. And Wednesday nights is just one of those nights where we have communion every Wednesday night, we have worship every Wednesday night, we have prayer time every Wednesday night, and we have worship time every... It's just a neat, neat thing. Somebody said recently uh, that, that we are the largest small church that they've ever been to, and, and I thought, what a compliment... Uh, because um, the Lord has grown our fellowship over the years, and, and we're very grateful for that. But we haven't lost the uh, love for one another and that just small um, ministry mindset of loving one another, serving one another, and and being available to the Holy Spirit to minister to one another. It's just so wonderful. I thought that was a great compliment. Uh, because, you know, we don't really control uh, whether how the church grows or doesn't grow. Um, we only control our faithfulness to respond to the church that Jesus is building. The Bible says that Jesus is building his church. Uh, the Bible says that he, actually Jesus told us this, that he would build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Of course, that's the church we want to be a part of, the church that Jesus is build, building. and And so... Um, we're grateful uh, to be a part of it, and every Wednesday night. And on weekends, uh, so on Wednesdays, we're studying Second Kings. On, on the weekends, Saturday night, Sunday morning, uh, we are studying the book of Hebrews verse by verse. And that's our approach. If you're not familiar with Calvary Chapel, our approach is to go through the Bible in a very relevant way, uh, a, a way that will not only give you the, the, what the text says, but what it means and what it means for you in application. And we go verse by verse. Uh, that's why if you have Bible questions, and I've already taught on that text, I'll just tell you, go listen to the Bible study, uh, because we go through verse by verse. And after I finish the book of Hebrews, Lord willing, 
that 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 happens, then I would have now taught our church through the entire New Testament. Now I have a lot of friends that have gone through the whole Bible. Um, in half the time, it's taking me through the whole New Testament, but. Uh, I'm not on any artificial timetable. I just am doing what the Lord's called me to do, and I'm grateful to have finished the New Testament if he allows me to do that. So come on out tonight, 7 o'clock. We're on Hampton, one block east of Tower in southeast Aurora. So there's a, there's a movie tavern across the street. There's a Safeway right next door, and then we're the last corner there past Safeway on the right-hand side uh, as you're going east. Uh, we'd love to serve you and love on you and teach the Bible and worship together and communion and all that. It's going to be great. All right, we're going to move on to Brenda. Brenda is calling from Denver. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. I, um, I've been listening to um, Grace, FM, Grace FM just this year in 2018, and I've just learned a, a, a whole bunch from all of the, the pastors on the radio, and, and um, especially from you, Pastor Ed, and I appreciate that, and I appreciate all the time that you um, you all put into this radio station. I think it's fantastic. But I, I do have a question for you today, Okay, and um, it's regarding, um, after, um, I have previous pastors and, and churches that I've been to have said that when Jesus died on the cross, he spent three days. After that, he spent three days in hell. And then I heard um, a scripture that Jesus had said that, um, like Jonah spent three days in the, in the belly of a fish, so will the Son of Man spend three days in hell, I think it said. And, um, and I'm wondering how to reconcile that with the fact that how... Is that true, number one? And number two, how do I reconcile that with the fact that Jesus is God? And how can God go to hell? Okay, so let's talk about that. First of all, when Jesus refers to um, that passage of Scripture, when Noah, he's, he's referring to how long he would be dead, how long he would be separate from his body. So the body, the human body, remember Jesus is fully God and fully man. Uh, he is the, un- the only begotten or unique Son of God. There has not been anyone before him or after him that has had both, both natures, deity and and humanity, and that was Jesus Christ. And when he died, he was buried, and his body was in the tomb, but but his soul and spirit actually did go into what's known as Hades, but not for three days. It was momentarily, and this is what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, He led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended, what does it mean, but that he first also descended into the lower lower parts of the earth. He who descended is the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Now remember, uh, Jesus gives us insight on what eternity looked like before his death and resurrection. Remember there was a, a place known as Hades that was divided into two compartments paradise and Abraham's bosom, right, and um, torments was the other side. And so before the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, those that died in Christ uh, went to Abraham's bosom. It was a temporary place waiting, awaiting for the full, of the full fulfillment of the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse them from all sin. 
And so after the death of Jesus Christ, he went in and led captivity captive. He emptied out torments. It, it, it was done. He didn't, he didn't spend three days in hell fighting the devil, as some people have said on TV, or some battle mm-hmm. in hell, like he was at the, he was at the uh, mercy of the devil being tortured. It, it's nonsense. You're, you had it right. How could God do that? Well, God did that as victor. God, God the Son did that as the, the, um, the one who has died and paid the price for sin, and he led captivity captive. He didn't spend three days in hell. I, I think it was a pretty instantaneous time uh, mm-hmm. of him releasing that, and so that now uh, Abraham's bosom is completely fully in the presence of God in paradise, and Hades still exists, so that at the end of the book of Revelation, it's Hades and hell is thrown into the lake of fire for all of eternity. Okay, I understand. I got it. Thank you very much, Pastor. That's a great question. Thanks for asking. I appreciate your time. Alrighty. Have a good afternoon. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000, all the way east to Dave in Lyman, Colorado. Hey, Dave, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor. Thanks for taking my call. You're I'm, welcome. I'm traveling across the, the wild prairie, I'm uh, so if I lose you, I'm sorry. Okay, no problem. But, uh, my, my daughter's given uh, she's giving a message in uh, Sterling tonight. She's a freshman at the NJC, and I'm trying to head up there so I can catch it, hopefully. But uh, can you still hear me? I can, yes. Okay, just checking. Hey, um, I really, I caught your your program kind of on accident. Um, I was scanning, and I heard you conversing with Michael, and my heart just really uh, uh, was kind of burdened for him. I had, you know, I felt like I had a similar situation Obviously, I think I uh, have dealt with it differently, but um, I hope he's listening because Mike, when I was 13, my dad committed suicide. Mm. He was he was God in my life at that time, yeah. and uh, uh, I got saved when I was 19. I'm 42 now, uh, but uh, I you know I have a real big because of that. I have a I'm super passionate about prevention. Um, depression stuff like that but i wasn't always i was really angry with him for a long time and yes and uh my uh uh i actually my breakthrough to forgive him was actually after i read tony dungy's book quiet strength and he kept talking about his son who committed suicide and uh um, he kept saying for reasons we'll never understand in that chapter and I kept trying in my mind to understand it and make it, uh, I just felt like he did it to me, you know, like he abandoned me is how I felt, and I was really upset. And, and uh, when I came to the point where I just um, felt like God was telling me, stop trying to figure this out, you can't ask, you know, the questions you're coming up with, because I was doing silly things like uh, trying to come up with you know, different circumstances, you know, God lives outside of time and, and kind of some of those nonsenses that I was just hearing with, with, uh, Michael. And when I finally just kind of quit trying to figure it out, I'll never know what was going through my dad's mind. Mm. And I also found out that, uh, from a, a great uncle of mine that my dad, when he was a teenager at a vacation Bible camp up in the mountains, got saved and, uh, I didn't know that, but I now have a hope of ma- of seeing him again. Hopefully, you know that's not between that's not up to me too. Whether my dad's in hell or in heaven is right. 
is is between him and God. And I was I when I was angry with him, I was judging him and wanted him burning in hell because I was just that kind of angry with him. Yes. And uh, and I, I it hurts kind of to say that right now because I felt justified at the time. But then after you know God kind of opened my eyes and I forgave him, uh, I I was so happy to be able to say, wow, I have that hope that I can see him again. And he's, you know, I don't know whether he's going to be there, but I hope he is. Yes. And uh, uh, I think that's a way better way to look at this than to say, well, he's in hell and I'm just going to pray him out of it. You know, I I don't think that's a, I, I hope he's listening, but I just felt like, uh, I felt like God was telling me to tell Michael to, read Psalm 46 and just be still, uh, still your mind, because that's, my mind was really uh, just overworking it, and it's way more simple than my mind, it was, it was way more simple than my mind was trying to make it. Yes. And uh, uh, anyways, I, I guess I really don't have a question other than I just felt, I, I feel a burden for this man mm. that's out there suffering, because, and, you know, he said, he, he said all the, gosh, if there's a book with, you know, denial in it, he's got his picture next to it, because, uh, uh, you know, when you said, would you, would you like to get some help with that? And he said, no. I mean, he jumped right on that, and I, I really am praying. I, I'm glad you prayed for him, but, man, I'm going to be praying that he does soften, you know, God does soften his heart. He yes. will go ask. Well, thanks, you know, because health, you know. I, I would just add one thing, one observation that might give you a little bit of comfort, and that is he had the yeah. courage to call, and that's a big first step, and I don't know if he's called yeah. some of the other okay. hosts, but I was encouraged that he called and that he stayed on the phone with me that long, because yeah. um, I, I just know the Holy Spirit is, is working on him, and he's. Uh, I'm hoping that today he turned a little corner, you know, because a lot of times big victories come through small steps. And yeah, well, thank you for that because I I was I'm I was feeling a little overburdened I think and uh, man I felt like I had to talk to him right now. And, <laughs> well, don't uh, lose that, you know. Don't yeah, lose that. Okay. That's that passionate love that God's put in your heart. That's how He made you. So, man, don't yeah. lose that. We need more in the body, just like you, bro. Well, I, I appreciate that. It's and uh, but I just I want Michael to know that. Uh, um, gosh, I just don't want him to. to to be hurting so much, you know. It, yeah. it, it, when I when I forgave my dad, I did not really realize how heavy of a burden I was carrying with me until I got rid of it. Yes, I felt like ten thousand pounds lighter, mm-hmm. and I was probably twenty eight when that happened. You know, and uh, um, anyways, it's Thanks. just a. I think forgiveness was the gap between you bet. Uh, between me and my my anger and things like that, but. Uh, uh, I just know that um, if Michael just, I, I think if he just kind of stops trying to figure everything out in his mind with all, you know, uh, it, it's not as, just let it be simple. Don't let it be so complicated in your mind and and uh, just sit back, let God do God, and let you just observe and, and uh, just take in his blessings because we don't have to try, we don't have to figure it out and we don't have to know. That's a good word. Thanks for calling. Whatever, you know. Enjoy, um, so, yeah. Enjoy your time with your daughter tonight. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry to be so long. No, you're good, I man. Appreciate you very much. Thanks, brother. man. Bye, bye. All right, Pastor. Bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Wow, we have open lines. 
this is your time. If very rarely on our Wednesday broadcast uh, do we have open lines. So come on and take the open line. 303-690-3000 is the number. Here's a text question. Someone told me the Bible says we are gods, little g. Where does it say that, and how do I witness to someone who thinks that? The Bible does not say that we are gods, little g. Um, There are those that believe that. Um, There is a scripture in the Psalms that was talking about calling judges gods, and it was not that they were gods to be worshipped or gods of any import, but it was a comparison that judges have the authority uh, like gods. So most likely the person that's telling you that has been taught the Bible incorrectly. Uh, and how do you witness to that someone who thinks that? You ask them to open up their Bibles and show you where, number one, we are referred to as gods, human beings, uh, and number two, where we are, um, ask, them, ask them what that means to them, and, and, and then begin to ask them what the character and nature of the one true God is, uh, and how we are not to be worshipped as gods, little g, but we're to worship the one true God. And, and so I would put it back on them to show you. Um, and then our producers got it for me. It's Psalm 82, but it's not a reference in context putting us on the level of God, capital G. It's a reference to the authority that was given to them. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, we're going to go to Stuart in Thornton, Colorado. Stuart, welcome to the program. Hey, Stuart. St- hey, Stuart. <coughs> You're on the air, uh, man. It's Victor. Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, I'm sorry, Victor. Well, I can hear yeah. you. Oh, okay, good. Um, so, yeah, I had a question about, a, you know, I had a 12-year-old son commit suicide back in 1993, mm. and then, uh, you know, of course, it took took me years to, to finally come to terms with it, and I won't go into that whole story, but okay. um, I also had a, my nephew, um, blood nephew first, you know, closest nephew to me, also committed suicide, and I was there right, right after the ambulance got there, and uh, several different times in my life, um, you know, after going through with my son, I really had to ask God, why would you ever put me back in this, in this position again? I mean, it took me so long to get, to get, to come to terms with it. Just that some, and some questions are never answered. Why, why would a 12 year old boy do that? Right. And, um, how he answered me was probably, I don't know, 10, 10 to 12 people in the next two years started coming to me and asking me, um, you know, what to do in, in that situation. And I realized somewhere along the way that, you know, that's what brought full circle healing to me was, you know, when, when it happened to me, people tried to say nice things, but I mean, what do you say? And the thing is, I knew what to say. I, I, I knew that um, four other kids under the age of 18 took their life in that month of that year in that small little town that we lived in. And I realized that it was a spirit of suicide, and I, I knew how to fight it. So I knew, I knew what to say to people that were going through that that nobody else did. But one thing, that, the question that I have for you, I've never been able to find. I've spoken two funerals through this whole thing, and 
And uh, people always, you know, if they come from Catholic background, then, of course, you know, if you commit suicide, you're just going to hell. And I always tell people, nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible does it say, if you commit suicide, you're going to hell. The only thing you can maybe make that case is, is you know, destroying the, the body, which is the temple of, of Christ. But nobody knows what was going through his mind, either at 12 years old, I mean, for God's sake, 12 years old, but even an 18-year-old kid or anybody else, nobody knows the pain they're going through, and who knows what they said right before that. So that's kind of what I've been telling people. And so my question to you is, um, do you know any different than what I just said? I mean, do you know anything different than that? Or kind of what's your what's well, your view? Well, let's, let me address a couple things. First of all, the, the, I agree with you on your, on, on your reading of the Scriptures that uh, suicide is not the unforgivable sin. Yeah. Um, it's a horrible place to be. Uh, folks that, that commit suicide are, are usually not in their right mind. They're in a state of deep, deep depression or discouragement and definitely hopelessness. And I'm grateful that none of us are judged on our, by our last act on earth um, because there are a lot of ways to make <laughs> sin your last act on earth before you die. Um, and I'm grateful that the blood of Jesus Christ even covers our last act on earth, it, even if it's sin. And, and so I would agree with you. I, I want to speak to those that might be considering suicide. Um, just because uh, it's not the unforgivable sin doesn't mean it's a viable option. If you're right. suicidal right now or you're just wrestling with hopelessness and you're in a deep place of darkness, please ask for help because yeah. things can get better and, and you can come out of the pit and the darkness uh, that you're facing. Uh, and, and it's not the solution. Um, suicide has been called a temporary uh, or a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yeah. And, and, you know, we don't want that. We, we, want, we want to choose life. And even in a difficulty, things can get better. Um, but the thing that you shared that I would not agree with is I don't believe there's a spirit of suicide. Really? I, I don't believe the Bible teaches that there are spirits of suicide. Um, you know, there, there can be a darkness upon a, a particular area. There can be, a, you know, a, a spiritual oppression but if what you meant by a spirit of suicide, it's like there's a specific entity, uh, some demonic entity is suicide, I just don't really see that in the scriptures. Um, huh. But I would, I would say that what, how I would describe what you observed, um, I wouldn't describe it as a spirit of suicide, I would describe it as a spiritual oppression uh, and a demonic attack. Um, but I don't think demons are, are isolated to one particular sin or demons are isolated to one particular area, um, even though they do work overtime in the schemings of the devil. But that's really not that important of a thing as it, as it is to speak about life and the importance of people choosing life. Well, yeah, and my, and my point was more that, you know, the demonic attack. And, yeah. and okay. so, you know, so from Daniel, you know, where... where the angel had to fight through the prince of the you know, of Persia to get. You know, it took him three weeks to fight through it. I was taught that you know there's an angelic army set up just like an army with generals, sergeants, and infantrymen. You know that do different types of 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 battle, and and it's the same thing on the demonic side. So yeah. you know a, a spirit of you know anger, a spirit of division, and all these different things. So. Yeah. Um, 
my point is that I, I have fought whether he's, <laughs> where he's there or not. The devil knows knows yeah. I was fighting it, yeah, uh, fighting that. And so I would say to anybody out there that you know was even contemplating that that you know there are forces that want to push that depression on you so powerfully that you know that you take your life and then and and then separate you from everything that God had for you and that anything that's causing that you know um it's never as bad as it looks it's always worse the spirit of fear is always making it worse yeah. and and i would say please get some help because your family will go through it the pain of that for right. decades decades well, that i can agree with thank you my brother yeah. yes thank you all right bye bye 303-690-3000 is the number uh, well, let me see who is next here. We've got Brenda in Lakewood, Colorado. Brenda, welcome to the program. This Deborah. Oh, sorry, Deborah. Well, hello, Deborah. How you doing? Hi, I'm on my lunch break at King Super in Lakewood, Colorado. Okay. I just want you to pray for my friend Barbara. She works with me. Okay. And they think she has cancer. All right. And if we could pray for her, and it's also my auntie Brenda. She lives in Monrovia, California. Okay. And she does have cancer. Okay. And if you could pray for me, too, because through my, my love for them, I know Jesus is touching me to touch them. Yes, so we have, let me just make sure I got the names right. We got Barbara, and who Barbara, else? Barbara, my co-worker, and Brenda, my, my auntie. Brenda, and then you are? Deborah. God, we just pray right now for Barbara, um, and, and just so grateful that she has friends that love you and yes, work Lord. right next to her, God. And we pray for this cancer diagnosis, and, and what a scary word it is. And yes, you know Lord. Brenda's dealing with it in California, God, that your, your Bible says, you tell us, God, that you are Jehovah Rapha. Uh, you are yes, the God Lord. who heals. And we know that you can heal, and we know, yes, God, Lord. that you're going to use this sickness uh, in order to get um, in order to get a glory and honor and worship, and yes, also, Lord, Lord to, to bring and draw people to yourself. And so yes, we just Lord. pray um, that you would do a great and wonderful work in their lives. And I also pray for my sister as her heart is broken and and she has this gift of mercy in her life that yes, is just broken god and she desires to be a good friend uh and a good relative yes lord and so i pray you'd encourage her and strengthen her even as she takes her break time to seek you on the radio and just encourage people over the radio we're just so thankful for sisters like that in jesus yes, name lord. amen thank you so much brother All thank right. you bye bye and we got you keep us in your prayers okay you got it bye bye 303-690-3000. Uh, I'm going to pick up Audrey in Aurora, Colorado. Audrey, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hi. I just was calling in today to thank you for all you do with um, Calvary Chapel. I'm someone who's gone to your church for a few years, and I've just been listening to your show a lot, too. And I just I appreciate everything that you share um, as far as, you know, everything that you share in the Word. And I just wanted to encourage you to let you know that I pray for you a lot, and I know a lot of us out here do. Um, and, you know, you especially your insights into grief and pain um, mm. that you've shared from your own personal experience, I just wanted to thank you publicly and let you know there's a lot of people, and I'm sure you know a lot of people praying for you, and also just the staff at Calvary Aurora, and, you know, through all the ministries at Calvary Chapel, um, I just wanted to verbalize that so you could hear it today. Well, thank you, Audrey. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Hey, we're coming up on the end of the show today. So grateful that you uh, chose to, to join us. We're going to be in the Word tonight. Again, uh, I agree with Audrey that the team here, uh, both the pastoral staff and all the lay leaders and all the volunteers, we just had this big servant appreciation party where Pastor Ian and his team and, and the staff just did such a tremendous job getting everything ready and we had a big 80s theme party just to thank everyone and and what a success it was and it's it's not even it's it's not even touching the surface of what we could uh, what we want to do or what we could do to thank everyone that serves Jesus but you know we do it we serve Jesus because he's worthy uh, and he deserves all that we give back to him and all that we submit to him and and for all that he's done for us I mean how can we hold back uh, and I'm, I, I am, I, I agree. We're a part of a very good church, not a perfect church. <laughs> certainly not filled with perfect people. Definitely don't have a perfect pastor. But we have a perfect Savior, and and He's so faithful that even when we are faithless, He remains faithful. And I know you guys listening in, whatever church you go to, it's not a perfect church. You certainly don't have a perfect pastor, but we have a perfect Savior. And if we keep our eyes on Him, if we keep focused on what's important and who's important, it gives us the strength and the clarity in a fog, in the fog-filled days of life uh, to stay strong in grace and to submit to Him in surrender in these last days, to not forsake the gathering of ourselves together as a sum, but coming together knowing the day is approaching. Come out to church tonight. Calvary Aurora's on Hampton, block east of Tower. We're in Second Kings tonight. Would love to serve you and worship with you. Got a Thailand update. God bless you. We'll be back tomorrow. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.